0: Coming up on this episode of the Blue Rush Podcast, Lawrence Tynes and Paul Schwartz get us ready for the Giants' matchup against the Panthers. Can Big Blue go on a win streak? And two time Super Bowl champ running back Brandon Jacobs gets us ready for the battle of two elite running backs. All that and more is coming your way next on Blue Rush from the New York Post.
1: big blue
0: stand up baby because for the first time since obama was president the giants head into week two with the dub so today on today's blue rush preview we get to know our enemy the carolina panthers do a little back talk with our guy brandon jacobs and get the kids and the adults together for another edition of story times But first, we have New York Post Giants beat writer Paul Schwartz with the latest news and updates coming from the Giants practice facility. All right, let's talk some ball with Paul. And, of course, we're going to get Paul's predictions. Get him up on the screen. Paul, you went five for seven last week, but we're going to talk about that later on. A lot of people are going to be calling you before they call their bookie. So a lot of Giants fans are on, on social media with their chest out right now. Granted, they got the win, but let's talk about the players. What's the mood like around Quest Diagnostics training facility? They haven't bit the cheese, have they, going into this week two matchup against the Panthers?
1: Well, shockingly, Brandon, the mood is good, right? That's what happens. You know, I've been around there for many years, and the mood is often very bad when they lose. The mood is good. Um, Look, they're not doing backflips. I think they have their head on straight. Look, they know if that field goal goes through the uprights instead of going wide left, then they lose. And we've seen that game a million times with the Giants where they played just well enough to lose. This game, they played just well enough to to win. It's hard for me to even say because they haven't done it in so long. Brandon, look, you come from a coaching family, right? What do coaches have to do? What's their main thing or one of their main things? Get you ready for the next game. And go against human nature, yeah, right? Yeah. When you win, you got to knock them down a little bit. When you yeah. lose, you got to bring them back up a little bit. I don't think um, Brian Dable has any problem with that. Look, they didn't score forty points, and the defense almost gave up the game-winning field goal. So, um, a lot of teaching points. I think there's no issue with that. But look, we'll have to see Sunday one o'clock. You never know how these teams respond. The um, Panthers lost a the game. They're desperate. The Giants won a game. Maybe they're not as desperate. That's just the way the NFL works. Very often. So when
0: you say knock them down a bit, you got to humble them. I get what you're saying. My father, he's he's done that. Their his William and Mary team. They're two and zero right now. They're going to Lafayette this weekend. You kind of oh. got to say. As a kid, he always saying like. Marcus Aurelius hired someone to talk to him in the back of his ear when he was getting praised to to mumble, "You are only a man." So what's Brian Dable doing to to let them know that hey, you need to stay locked in, you need to stay focused because the Panthers are coming into town.
1: You you show them you show them the tape and you show yeah. them yeah. it was good. Yeah. Yeah. This was look, I mean, do you think Daniel Jones needs to see uh, another? Um, Replay of the interception he threw. He knew it was a bad pass in the end zone to Saquon Barkley. So, you know, he played well. He only had four incomplete passes, but that was a teaching moment. And Brian Dable yelled at him about it on the sideline. And people went crazy about it. And it's like, well, that's what coaches do, right? And sometimes they raise their voice, God forbid. Wow, that really happens on the sideline. When it's caught on video, it's a big deal. Um, It's not a big deal. And that's you want to see that. You want to see coaching. Look, you played, right? You make a mistake and the coach did not say anything to you. That's a problem, right? Because that means he doesn't care Absolutely. about me. He's not planning on me. You want him coaching you hard. Um, th- there was enough mistakes there that that um, you know Brian Daybold didn't exactly say this is a perfect game. Let's move on. It's funny you say
0: that because I remember trying to make the team with the Steelers. Bruce Arians, he would jump on me. I thought my middle name was M. Effer. I thought my my name got changed to M. Effer. So yeah, you're right. Um, so all right, you're talking about. The the mood around Quest Diagnostics, you guys, the beat writers, are allowed back into the locker room. There's, on social media, there's a Kadarius Tony soundbite that's getting played over and over and over again. You're in the locker room. Can you kind of break down what happened and and kind of clear
1: that air? Well, first of all, he was in the locker room, which, which, you know, you know the locker room. There's a lot of places to hide and walk yep. out for that, you know, 40 minutes when the media is in there. And when a guy plays seven snaps and is not much of a factor in the opener, he could have been anywhere in the back. I've seen it a million times where you, you look in the locker and the guy's not there. Oh, is Kadarius coming out? No, he's not coming out today. Um, don't forget, last year was pretty much all Zoom, no locker room. So we didn't get to see Kadarius, Tony, in the locker room. He was at his locker. No problem. It was interesting. He started talking. I went over to him. And he wasn't wearing a shirt. And I started talking to him. And the PR guy goes, "Uh, if you're going to talk to him, let him put on a shirt. And I'm like, OK, put on a shirt. Fine. You know, that's fine. And then everyone, the the group kind of gathered. He put on a shirt. He sat there, answered questions. So that's a good thing. That's a a good start. He was not contentious. He knew what he was going to be asked. He said, look, I don't coach. I get paid to play. I don't get paid to coach. Um, I liked his comments. You know, he was hammered with this. Are you disappointed? Are you disappointed? Are you disappointed that you didn't play? You didn't play that much. And finally, after being asked that several times, I liked what he said. He said, disappointment in victory, disappointment in winning. You sound crazy. You sound crazy. (laughs) (laughs) You sound crazy. And I like that. You sound crazy. Um, He handled it well. Look, this is fine. I was mystified that he didn't get as many snaps. Now, Wandale Robinson is not going to play this week. I'm sure of that. So if he doesn't get a lot of snaps this week, there's something really wrong because um, they need him out there. They weren't exactly dynamic on the field last week. First and foremost,
0: I told our producers I had to put a tie on before I talked to you. So it wasn't a shirt, it was the tie. But look, look, this here's a kid. What he's going through right now, I kinda liken it to, or compare it to Saquon Barkley. Remember how Saquon's like, oh, I can't wait to come out and just go out and kill. I think he's going through the same thing right now because he's not much of a talker. When you you, you got to understand that that Southern lingo to p- kind of understand him, it's like when Jackrabbit, Janoris Jenkins used to talk. That's one thing. But he's just one of those kids. Like he's so he's set up right now to
1: go out and just completely ball out. But he's got to get on the field, though. I mean, he doesn't put himself in the game. I mean, seven snaps. Uh, you know, David Sills got a lot more snaps and him. Juan Dan Robinson got hurt in the second quarter, and he had nine snaps. So, you know, there's a little bit of a disconnect here with whether he's going to get on the field or not. You know, I think that was Brian Dayball saying, I am going to play the guys who I think had the best week of practice and the best summer of preparation, ah. and we're on the field and we're healthy. And, and that was almost like saying, I am going to maybe not play the more talented player, but I'm setting a culture here. And Brian Dayball did say... On the game-winning field goal, Kadarius Tony said, "Kadarius jumped six feet in the air, and that's what we're trying to build here." Look, that's why he him and he didn't play. He tells him he didn't play. That's coach's
0: talk. That's coach's talk. You, you're, you're not going to play. You're not going to play. And I love David Seals and those guys. I love Richie James. But Kadarius Toney, for him to touch the ball two times and to see what he did those two times. We were at the Jets-Giants uh, uh, joint practice. To see what he did to uh, to Sauce Gardner when he finally touched the ball, I think is one of those things. Like you said, yeah, you've got to work to get back on the field. And I get what Coach Dabo was saying. Like, yeah, the the guy who knows what we feel comfortable is going to be on the field but this type of talent I don't think Giants fans Giants fans are not going to want him to see or want to see him on the bench for whatever reason for too long when he's touching the ball twice and he's cutting people up making them look silly
1: well Bill, well you know what send your emails and your and your <laughs> text to Brian Dable and Mike Kafka because they're the guys who deal right. with the play time look is he going to get 60 snaps on Sunday? I have no idea. From 7 to 60 is, is a pretty high jump. We'll see. Look, I want to see him play too, but yep. I don't put him in the game either. Um, I was surprised he didn't play that much in the opener. Uh, you know, we'll see if I'm surprised again on Sunday. All right, we could just call that his first preseason game. Yes.
0: And hopefully, you know, that his rep count will uh, will rise. So let's go to our favorite pass rushers. Two other guys who we want to see on the field. Kayvon uh, Thibodeau and uh, Aziz Ojolari. Any practice updates for those two guys?
1: I don't think it's looking good. You know, on Wednesday, uh, they, didn't, they didn't do much. Look, I mean, when uh, Aziz Ojolari goes down in a sprinting drill with a calf, you know calves. calves are never the next day. Uh, you know, I mean, I remember Chris Canty years ago had a calf. He was out for so long. He's like, really? It's just a calf. No, a calf's a – you, you know, you can't run with a calf. It's going to hurt your Achilles issue. So I think – Kayvon Thibodeau is ahead of Ojalari. I don't think either of them play this week. You know, we'll see more later in the week if they get on the field. But, um, you know, unfortunately, I think it's going to be another week with these guys. I'm all about pass
0: rush. All right, so the pass rush may not be there. I mean, last yeah. week with the, against Tannehill, pass rush did not get there. The secondary held up on the back end. But our CB2, Aaron Robinson, will be out this game. Who in the secondary is going to have to
1: step up? Because
0: Giants fans are wondering who is going to be that CB2
1: Yeah, look, it's amazing. Uh, uh, Aaron Robinson was one of the biggest question marks going into the season, right? And now he's gone. He had an appendix taken out on Wednesday. You know, obviously no one planned for that. And all of a sudden, what are they going to do without Aaron Robinson? Now, he played pretty well in the opener. Um, It's two guys, I think, Cordell Flott, the third-round pick from LSU, tall, skinny. Um, You know, Adoree Jackson is obviously the starter, so he's in there. Uh, Cordell Flott, you know, had an up-and-down summer. He was hurt a lot. I like him. He's a good tackler. For a skinny guy, he's a good tackler. So he said, I asked him point blank, you ready for this? It's only your second game. He said, I'm ready. I prepared. I'm I, you know, i dealing with the older players. And all of a sudden, uh, another guy, uh, um, Fabian Moreau. Fabian Moreau started 16 games for the Falcons last year. He spent his first four years with Washington. Um, he's on the practice squad. And in this day and age, you can go from the practice squad to starting. And I think that could happen with him because he's got experience. Um, look, it's going to be a leap of faith with these guys. They haven't played, um, you know, who knew that Aaron Robinson was being missed so much. So that's another, you know, issue for Wink Martindale. No pass rushers or, you know, not his first two pass rushers. And now his uh, second starting cornerback not playing.
0: Yeah, the Giants secondary is going to have their hands full with Robbie, i.e. Anderson and uh, DJ Moore. But it's now time for the, what the people been waiting for. Paul's predictions. You were five of seven last week. The only two you got wrong was Daniel Jones over 225 passing yards and uh, Henry over 100 yards rushing. But I think we all, for him to go under 100 yards rushing, we'll take that any day. So here we go. On the board first, Baker Mayfield, 230 yards
1: passing over under. Over. Over. I think, as we said, no pass rush, lack of secondary. And, um, you know, the Giants did a good job in the opener with the uh, run defense. Maybe they do that in McCaffrey, and so he's got to throw the ball. So um, I think over. All right, so let's talk about CMC, 130 yards total offense. He had 10 snaps in the first game, so I think he's on a little bit of a pitch count. Now, Giants uh, running backs coming out of the backfield scored two touchdowns in in Tennessee, so that's an issue. Um, What's the number? What's the number again? 100, 130 yards. 130, um, I'm gonna go under because of pitch count. Okay, so
0: he's there at Kadarius Toney right now. They're waiting to ramp him up. Panthers defense, two sacks.
1: Over, over. Um, Two sacks is not a lot. Daniel Jones, I think, um, played himself into a couple of sacks, so I think over. All right, Riverside, let's go to the Giants.
0: Saquon Barkley, NFC Offensive Player of the Week, 150 yards
1: total total. Um he had almost 200 this week. Um, I'm going to say over. Look. Ride him, right? Ride him. Uh he he got up to 21.1 miles per hour on his long run. Fourth fastest he's ever been. What's the fastest you ever clocked at? I huh? think I'm 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 going to guess and put myself around like a you know
0: 20.1, 20. Oh, come on. Really? K- k- kilometers, kilometers, kilometers. <laughs> 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 All right, Daniel Jones, 250 total
1: yards. 250 total yards for, um, I'm going to say under. till I see the passing attack get humming. you know what I mean? Get Kadarius on the field, I'll say under. Look, as long as um, Saquon's running the ball, they're going to feed him, so I'll say under. You
0: just mentioned Kadarius Tony six touches over under. Under.
1: Under. Ooh. I'll believe it when I see it, okay? You know, I'll believe it when I see it. Now, you know, they can get him on a jet sweep. He can. Uh, they. He wanted to throw the ball last week. He, did, he made a good decision to, you know, tuck it and run. When I see it, I'll start doing over. Now it's got to be under because I don't know how many snaps he's going to get. It's like my dad used to say, I'm like Missouri, the show me state.
0: He yep. used to say it all the time. All right, last one, the Giants, 23 total points.
1: Over, over. They had a really bad start and they got to 21, right? They were shut out in the first half. They're playing at home. They better be over because, um, you know, that's you. You NFL offense has got to score more than 23 points. So I'll say over. Giants fans, you heard the
0: predictions. Call your bookies. Paul, thanks for joining us. All right, Brandon. I like the tie. It's a good look. Keep it up. (laughs) Thank you. I had my shirt off at first.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: A lot of positive vibes coming from Giants camp this week, but that's what a long-awaited Week 1 win does for you. But what are the vibes from the Panthers coming into MetLife Stadium this weekend? Do these cats have claws or have their nine lives run out? Let's find out in this week's edition of Know Your Enemy. All right, Big Blue, it's time for Know Your Enemy. Representing Carolina is Dean Jones, editor of Cat Crave on Fansided. All right, Dean, first and foremost, you're not my enemy. That's just the name of the segment, man. Thanks for uh, joining us today. But uh, let's break down this matchup from the Panthers' side of things, and we're going to talk about quarterback Baker Mayfield. He struggled for three quarters, but he turned it on in the fourth against the Browns. So how do you see Baker, Ben McAdoo, and this Panthers' offense attacking the Giants' D? Uh,
2: I think Baker just has to slow down, really. Um, he was a little bit up as expected over the first sort of first half, really, and um, made some mistakes, uh, looked a bit, little bit antsy in the pocket. But like you say, he, he turned it around late on. Uh, perfect passer rating in the fir- in the fourth quarter. Just cutting out the silly mistakes, really, that obviously comes with being more familiar with the system. Obviously, much has been made about the, the quarterback position and the competition they had with Sam Darnold, really, which limited his reps. Um, so the more familiar they get, the better it's going to be, I think. Uh, but it's important, I think, against the Giants and, and their friend not to force the issue. Uh, take what they give them early on and sort of make more focus on Christian McCaffrey because giving him three carries in the first half uh, last week was uh, not exactly a recipe for success.
0: Let's talk about CMC because he's this week's Giants killer. How do you think... Uh, Ben McAdoo and, and the Panthers are going to use CMC not only against the Giants' run defense, but our linebackers in pass coverage as well.
2: Yeah, I think that I watched the Giants and they, they did well to restrict Derrick Henry last week. Uh, th- 82 yards on 21 carries, that's no mean feat really. But they've got to set the tone with McCaffrey early. I mean, uh, the Browns dared, dared the Panthers to sort of try and beat them with a pass last week. and um, Ben McAdoo took the bait really and left them in a hole that they couldn't get out of. But I think if they just rely on the offensive line establishing the run, I mean, it all begins in the trenches really. Um, Carolina made some uh, good additions to their line last year. Uh, Ikema Kwon has come in as well, who's a formidable run blocker. So playing to their strengths, uh, being patient and getting a little bit more creative. I mean, Carolina's offense was very predictable last week uh, against the Browns. So I'm expecting to see a little bit more invention uh, in terms of how McCaffrey's deployed and uh, maybe perhaps Dante Foreman and uh, Tuba Herbert getting more involved as well to take some of the heat
0: off. All right, let's stay in the trenches, but let's talk about the Panthers' defense. They gave up 141 against uh, two Nick Chubb, and Saquon Barkley is looking like or looked like the Saquon of old. So how do you see the Panthers' defense neutralizing Saquon?
2: yeah the run defense has been a problem for some time um carolina was bullied last week there's no getting away from it 17 missed tackles and uh gap discipline's a real problem on the edge and at the second level with our linebackers damian wilson really struggled last week so i mean saquon just looked sensational last week didn't he so i think the best way for the panthers to neutralize him is is to set the edge uh don't allow any sort of stretch runs or Saquon to get any momentum and make your tackles count because Saquon's got the physicality and explosiveness to break off break off big yarders and kill Carolina.
0: Yeah, I see the Panthers' defense trying to load the box to take Saquon Barkley out of the game, which means that they are going to make Daniel Jones throw. The Panthers' pass defense held Jacoby Brissett to 18 of 34 for only 147 yards and one touchdown. So how do you see them attacking Daniel Jones if they put the ball into his hands for him to beat this Panthers defense.
2: Yeah, I I think that's quite misleading because Jacoby was missed some wide open throws last week. Um, If it was a better quarterback, say if the Sean Watson would have played, it would have been a lot worse for Carolina. Um, Communication was a bit of a problem uh, and ill discipline as well. Xavier Woods had an interception that was uh, brought back for CJ Henderson pass interference, which cost Carolina in a big moment. Um, the talent's there. Carolina have got a lot of talent in their secondary. Uh, Steve Wilkes is coaching them up well this off-season. Uh, JC Horn, Jeremy Chin, Dante Jackson, CJ Henderson. But I think Daniel Jones last last year had a pretty decent game against Carolina during that kind of embarrassing loss for Matt Rule, really. Uh, he had a 95.8 passer rating, I think. Uh, no interceptions. But I think you've just got to keep him contained. And mo- more, most importantly is keep aware of his ability to generate yards on the ground as well. So I think they've got a real problem ahead of him this weekend.
0: Hey, thanks again for that, Dean. I really appreciate you coming on. And you know what, Big Blue? Dean said two things that really stood out to me. He wants to see the Panthers' offense get more creative and that he's expecting to see a little more invention in terms of how McCaffrey's deployed. Translation? How is Carolina O.C. Ben McAdoo, who we all know, going to get the ball into the hands of Christian McCaffrey, who is arguably one of the most elusive backs in the game? c Mac touched the rock 14 times for a little over 50 total yards week one. But don't let that stat line fool you. He could be this week's giant killer. The man has over 3,600 career rushing yards and 31 career touchdowns. And I know what you're going to say. What about injuries? Yeah, he's had to overcome some injuries during his career, but so has Saquon, and look at the game that he had. But don't take it from me. Let's talk to my big bro, Brandon Jacobs, about this week's giant killer in today's Back Talk. All right, it's time for some Back Talk with Brandon Jacobs. We got him on the line now here. Big bro, you were a true vet last week. That message to Saquon Barkley, the man must have heard it because you said just play football and the man played football all right. He put the Giants offense on his back and did numbers and he even won NFC offensive player of the week. So, what's his mindset going in the week 2 now that he's got that on back game out of the way so early this season?
3: To be honest, me as a running back, um, I can only speak for me in that situation. So, I just come off of a uh I think he uh, 18, you know, 17, 18 rushes for 164 yards, you know, coming into this week. I'm feeling good because I'm, I'm just here with, a, you know, I'm getting ready to play against a, a defense that, that, that just, quite frankly, gave up 141 yards to one rusher over 200 yards total. Um, I'm feeling good. You know, I, I just played against a, a really good football team in the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I did everything I could do to help my team win. You know, I was effective. I was productive. Um, I'm coming into this game, you know, against a weaker defense, in my opinion, that I'm pretty much leaking my chops.
0: All right. Nick Chubbs, Nick Chubbs did go off just like you said, but there's no way that Panthers defense is going to let Saquon run on them as freely as he did last week. So if you're the Giants offensive coordinator, how do you get him the rock?
3: you get him a rock you got him a rock last you know last week uh, you know same situation we came into in, in 2008 playing against a uh, Baltimore Ravens defense who have given up he was like who have been giving up 100 yards in 28 total games we came in there and put almost 300 on them you know so they can say they're not going to give up this they can coach in this situation they can say Baltimore is the bell cow you know they can say all of them things but they got to line up and stop it you know it's a scheme problem at this point, and I think the New York Giants could go in and put up at least another 200 yards, I think, on uh, Carolina because they're a better rush team than Cleveland Browns. Let's talk about Carolina's running back, Christian McCaffrey. The Giants'
0: defense got physical with Derrick Henry but couldn't cover their running back, to Don Terrell Hillard, out the backfield. So if you're Carolina, how are you using CMC
3: this week? If I'm Carolina, I'm, I'm coming out the gates against the Giants they have a great all-purpose running back. I mean, the, the guy had in college, thirty-eight hundred yards. I think this was two thousand and nineteen. I think I think maybe it was or maybe he had thirty-eight hundred yards, all-purpose. Okay, he is one of three running backs for the you know throughout the NFL who's rushed for a thousand and he's had a thousand uh, receiving yards. So if I'm the Carolina Panthers, I'm gonna get uh, Chris McCaffrey in space. In the passing game, when it comes to third down, motion him out of backfield, sit in the slot, run small routes and and, and get run after catch. Um, I think that's the way you get him involved because the New York Giants defense just showed me that no one's coming out the backfield, touching the ball from quarterback to running back, handing off in a rush is going to do too much by stopping the best running back in the last few years throughout the National Football League. So. I, I really believe Christian McCaffrey coming out of the backfield won't do much damage against the Giants. But in the passing game, he has all the opportunity in the world to be able to go out, catch passes on third down, and, and make things happen. Final
0: back talk, really fast. Who has more total yards, Saquon or CMC? <laughs>
3: I'm going with Saquon Barkley. I think he's a better back. I think he's more elusive. I think he. I think he's stronger. He's a more power back. Now, I love Christian McCaffrey. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm a running back at heart. It's never going to change. I love my running backs, unlike the NFL. But I love him. I think McCaffrey's a great back, and I think he he got a huge opportunity against the New York Giants to be able to, um, you know, wreak some havoc on third down in the passing game. But I I don't. I like honestly, I don't see much in a running game for the Carolina Panthers with Christian McCaffrey. Big bro, we appreciate
0: you coming on. Thanks, Brandon Jacobs. I appreciate you, b London. Cheerio! Let's talk to the most famous giant with the initials LT. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know who I'm talking about. Let's kick it over to the legendary two-time Super Bowl champ, Lawrence Tines. Gather around, kiddos. It's time for another edition of Times. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, I, love that. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I created story times, and I, I, just, I love the, the way it just flows, bro. My
4: oh, last boy. name has had so many play on words my entire career. So, yeah, that's a good one, Story times. That's why you're a legend. All right, let's get into this, my man, because it was a wild
0: week one. Lawrence, I mean, the Titans kicker missed a 47-yarder to give the Giants a dub, but he wasn't the only kicker that was out there shanking them. I got to ask you,
4: what was going on with the kickers in week one? It was a bad week for a lot of guys. You know the the thing I remember most about the NFL season, week one, obviously, there's a lot of anxiety, a little bit of nerves coming into these games because you obviously want to get off to a to a hot start. Several misses throughout big misses, too. I mean, I just saw a kid, the kid from uh, the Colts got released. He missed one in overtime., uh, it's a very thicky uh, position, uh, if you will. Um, and you can't miss. You can't miss big kicks in, in these games and you know, so it was a tough week. I think the guys will bounce back this week. I'm looking forward to seeing guys making their kicks. Obviously, I'm a little bit happy that Randy Bullock missed his kick last week against the Giants. But um, yeah, it was a tough week, Brandon. Really tough week for the guys out there.
0: That, that was the only uh, kick that I was cheering for. Um,
4: yeah, and I don't <laughs> cheer for guys to miss. Even when he lined up, I don't say miss. It's just bad karma. I just I don't say miss. So even... all right. So let's get into the Giants now. Week one win.
0: Now they got Baker Mayfield and the Panthers coming into town. So are there any stories from your career that you could, let's bring the fans into the locker room and give them a sense of where this team's
4: mindset is heading into the week two matchup. You know, the closest thing I can get to is, is 07, right? We were, we were 0 and 2 on the road in Washington, not week one, but still early enough in the season to where you have to find a win. You have to get a win on, under your belt. And, and we went in there and found a way to win late in the game. Kavika Mitchell makes a great tackle on fourth down. And we win the game. You get in the locker room and there's just this whole weight's lifted off your shoulders. Uh, this team, for a lot of different reasons, should be very excited. New staff, new regime, a bunch of new players. And they got it done against a powerful AFC perennial playoff team. So the Giants have to be feeling really good about themselves heading into week two especially the fan base, because they looked competent. They played very well. They played against a perennial power in the NFL. So they should be excited, they should be confident. All right, you got Ben McAdoo coming back to MetLife
0: Stadium. You know, obviously he had his time here. So what's that gonna be like, not only for some of the players, and also Baker Mayfield, is is there a way, what's the way the Giants' defense can stop and neutralize Baker Mayfield?
4: Well, you know, you just have to pressure him. You know, he he struggles uh, against pressure. The Ben McAdoo story, it seems like we're going to have so many former coaches playing for us, playing against us because we've had so many damn former coaches. Um, But I don't think that's big a deal as as it is the Giants going 2-0. They have to validate the win in Tennessee by beating Carolina. They have to win this game and and prove to the – to the league and to the fan base, that, that wasn't a fluke. I'm looking forward to the Giants getting it done. I mean, Baker Mayfield played okay last week, but the Giants are just a better team after week one, in my opinion, than the Panthers. Appreciate you coming on again, Lawrence, because we always love story times. Story times. So I have to do that with my hands, too?
0: Yeah, just do it. Just do it one time, one time.
4: Story times. <laughs> Bloody Pods.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Subscribe to Blue Rush on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the New York Post sports YouTube page to see all videos from Blue Rush. New episodes of the show drop on Monday mornings following Giants games and Thursdays previewing the game ahead. We'll talk to you guys first thing Monday morning following the Giants game on Sunday. Thanks for your support of Blue Rush, and let's
1: go Big Blue. He is a dog.